0: Hello everybody. I'm so excited to meet you all in another episode of the podcast. This is a podcast for outcast outrageously me and our to self. Today I am very triggered. Today I'm positively triggered. I have here with me my very good friend Melissa Robin Hussain who is a professional and personal development coach. She has over a dozen of years of experience in coaching by the way. And she has also written a book called Positively Triggered, which we're going to talk about. And we're going to explore how being positively triggered helps you to be yourself and how you can lean into the superpower of Authenticity you by being just positive. I have so much to ask her. I love Renaissance painting on the back. She has her own theme going on. Hello, how are you doing today, Melissa? So fantastic. I'm so happy to be
1: here. I have to tell you, when we connected on LinkedIn, I started following you on LinkedIn, I just felt like this is someone I need in my life. So I am grateful to be here and to spend the time with you and your audience.
0: Uh, you are also someone I needed in my life (laughs) let's uh, let's start with something fun um talk talk to us about your renaissance uh, cravings and renaissance art that is in back of you and let's start from there
1: (laughs) oh my gosh it's so funny you want to start there because she's one of my most powerful triggers Um, oh really oh yes yeah also um So I'll just tell you the story of how I met her.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. We are all ready for a story now. Story
1: time. (laughs) So I was at the um, Galleria Borghese in Rome. And that's where the original painting is. And, you know, I walked into the little room. And in the room where she's at, there's this beautiful Bernini sculpture. And usually, you know, people just look at that. Um, But when I walked into the room, although that's an amazing sculpture, I was struck by her. She's just, she looks so powerful and you can tell she's intently focused on what she's doing. And I was just like, wow, she's incredible. (laughs) Just like you,
0: incredible.
1: You can imagine my surprise. (laughs) when I went to look at the plaque. She was painted around 1500 by an artist named Doso Dossi in Ferrara, Italy. And her name is Melissa. (laughs)
0: Oh, the the person who painted the painting name is Melissa or the character the in the character. painting is Melissa. The oh the character in the her. Melissa. Oh wow, she's yes. a diva. Look.
1: <laughs> so she is a sorceress that is mentioned in this epic poem called Orlando Furioso. It was a famous poem oh, wow. in Italy in the, the fifteen early fifteen hundreds. And so he painted her, the character from that poem, and she's an apprentice of Merlin. So she's a sorceress. Her uh, superpower is transformation, transforming herself and others. And uh, what she's doing here is there's all these people who have been cursed into being other things. The dog, uh, the duck. (laughs) And what she's doing is she is undoing the curse and returning them to their authentic true selves wow. and you can see back here a group of men having a celebratory picnic after she has returned oh, wow. them to themselves yeah oh, wow.
0: so when i,
1: so, I, saw so reflective I saw, of you. what was that it's
0: reflecting of it's reflecting of you transforming people through coaching
1: you know when i saw her i said she's gorgeous i gotta know more about her so after I left the gallery, I went into the gardens outside and I Googled her. And that's where I found out all this about her. And I thought, oh, I want to be her. I want to be her. So I, uh when I got home from that trip, I ordered the canvas print. And it's been here to serve as a trigger to remind me of who I want to be. I want to be somebody um... that's really intently focused on my work that helps people transform, that's constantly working to transform myself and to master my craft so I can help others. Um, So yeah, that's my most powerful trigger. She reminds me who I want to be and how I want to show up as a coach.
0: Mother, transform me now <laughs> um, I really love that story, and I love the way you narrated it. You started with she, and then you gave us the peek into what her name is and you how you connected. It must be all surreal, maybe in the past lives you you must have been her or something. I don't know um,
1: like. but, I have such a connection with her,
0: yes such a connection with her. I mean, she is a diva, you' are a diva, and this is fantastic. <laughs> Um, so when you said that when you looked up to Melissa, the Melissa in the painting, you said you wanted to be her. But I know for a fact that it's been a dozen a dozen years or more so that you've been professionally transforming people's uh, being a coach. So when did you actually visit her? What was the timing like? Is it before you started coaching, after you started coaching? You no, know,
1: it was after I had a huge transformation. Um, through the year of 2016. And that's the year that I met her, Mm. (laughs) Uh, 2016. And what happened was the end of 2015, I realized that I um, was not serving at the levels I wanted to as a coach. And Mm. um, I started digging into that. And I came to the realization that the reason I wasn't able to give my best in my work as a coach was because I wasn't at my best. In fact, I was at my lowest my personal life was a wrong, wow. absolute disaster. <laughs> and it's because I had only been using these things to um, bring my, you know, authentic self to work in my work. I wasn't doing it. I wasn't being authentic in my personal life and I wasn't using any of my coaching skills in my personal life. So my personal mm. life was a disaster. And over the next wow. year, Over 2016, I just completely rebooted my life. The only thing I took with me into this new life was my business as a coach and my cats. (laughs) Besides that, I started over from scratch. And one of the things that helped me go from that kind of rock bottom personally to thriving has been all these little triggers I set up during that time and ever since. Things that reminded me who I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. And it was so important Mm -hmm. during that time because I was mourning. I was mourning the life that I had thought I was going to have and had to realize Mm -hmm. that wasn't going to happen. So I needed new dreams. Mm -hmm. I needed new priorities. I needed to prioritize myself. Um, And so that, that over that year of 2016 and building a new life from scratch, a big part of it was continuously reminding myself why Did I put myself through this of starting over? (laughs) Mm. Uh, Which means what is my dream of a a better future? And continuously reminding myself who I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. And I did that Mm. by surrounding myself by all these things that continuously reminded me.
0: Um, Wow. Let's talk about how powerful it is to get positively triggered and before we even do that let's establish what is positively triggered we all know yeah. when we say triggered i was triggered by this i was triggered by that it usually is attached itself to trauma mm-hmm. but you say i wanted these things to remind me uh to trigger me myself positively when you say that yeah. what do you actually mean by that
1: so we all have this autopilot this personal operating system that runs on autopilot. And when we encounter things, it runs these pre-programmed responses. And Mm -hmm. that has mostly been installed by external influences. And a lot of times without our permission, Um, that's where the trauma comes in. And things remind us of the trauma and all of a sudden we're back there and living it again. And it's automatic. It's been programmed, Mm -hmm. and that mechanism—it's just a mechanism. It's just a a tool. It's a—it's a thing that happens, and we've been focusing just on the negative ways it happens. We can—I
0: see—hack
1: that, and we can use it to positively trigger ourselves. Like, for example, when you smell something that reminds you of someone you love, or. Baking Mm -hmm. cookies, you get all those beautiful memories of childhood and baking cookies with a loved one. You know, those are positive triggers. It's the same mechanism, and so Mm -hmm. the book is about um, installing those positive triggers because negative triggers are going to happen. They're going to bump you off track, and you know, I say in the book, my problem was I had been bumped off track so many times, so many days in a row that I woke up one day wondering who am I and what am I doing? What's this life? This isn't the life I had planned. So when we have those positive triggers, they realign us. We get bumped off by Mm. things that upset us and the positive triggers bring us back into alignment with, again, who we want to be and how we want to live.
0: Wow, that's really, really deep. So it's the same mechanism that triggers us negatively. We can rewire that based on the book you have written to positively align ourselves with the very good memories we had in the past. And that's fantastic. We haven't even established that the book of yours, the wonderful book of yours. Can you hold your book to the audience so they can see the book? It's positively triggered. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you can order this in uh, Amazon, I believe it's available on Amazon. And
1: it's in every format. I had a wonderful producer do the audio book. Um, It's on Kindle Unlimited if you're subscribed to that. Uh, so there's lots of different ways to access it. Um, and then, it, you know, they can if, if somebody is interested, let's say you're doing the Kindle Unlimited, but you want all the journal prompts. So kind of the format of the book is here's a concept, here's a story, and here's some journal prompts to help you create a positive trigger to help with that concept. So if anybody Uh, wants, they can go to my website, positivelytriggered.coach, and get those, um, just the journal prompts. So if you have the audio book and you want to just go back and work through the um, journal prompts, you can find them there.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to get it on Kindle first. It's easier to, I have a Kindle, I'll get it on Kindle. I'm so excited for this book. I mean, you just launched it a few months ago, I believe, right? We've been talking about it on LinkedIn. Um, so first of all, let's talk about the term positivity triggered. How did it come to you? At what point did it come to you that you were going <laughs> to write
1: was kind you of a long a book coin this
0: term. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I, I told you about how, um, you know, I had this huge transformation end of 2015 into all of 2016. It all started with in 2015, this moment where I realized this things have got to change. I cannot continue Mm. living this life and Mm. something needs to change. And so I decided Mm -hmm. to coach myself. And I did that by running away to Florence, Italy for a week by myself. (laughs) It's how it started. It's like Eat,
0: Pray, Now, Italy version. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So I'm I'm glad you said that because what happened was I did completely change my life. I came back. I completely rebooted. I had my own renaissance renaissance means rebirth um and that the renaissance was really focused on humanism and how it's our right to fulfill our greatest potential and um i embraced that and when um people would see this transformation i had made are you okay sorry you you froze
0: no no I'm, i'm listening i'm able to hear you and see you as i said there may be a pixelation some point, so ignore yeah. that. It's getting uploaded directly, maybe because of okay. the poor network um, sometimes. But okay. the, I've done several of these episodes. Trust me, it will be better. Uh, okay. Yeah, continue on. I'm I'm, exactly. I'm going to edit this portion out of
1: the podcast. Yeah. So I had gone to Italy for a week, and I came back and completely rebooted and changed my life, and. Over like 2017, 2018, friends would tell me, I, you got to write a book. you got to write a book about how you completely transformed your life. So I started kind of thinking about writing a memoir, but it very much felt like Eat, Pray, Love. And I'm like, that's already been done. It's been done by somebody who's a much better writer than me. <laughs> so I, I didn't do it. Um and then in the end of 2018, I met my husband and we went through this incredible turmoil over the pandemic, trying to get together because he was overseas. And people would say, now you've got to write your book because you've gone through all of these tough times and you you um, were very resilient through it. And I'm like, well... Okay. So I started working on the um, memoir again, and it just didn't sit right. I didn't want to write just another Eat, Pray, Love. So I decided to do an online course. I did an online course called Living Renaissance. And it was about Mm -hmm. how being in Florence that week and um, looking at these incredible Renaissance works of art, how they taught me lessons. And, um, helped they became triggers for me like this work of art which i saw later that year um and all of the different things that david (laughs) michelangelo's david yeah the david taught me lessons so i wrote a course about that but it turns out not everybody is a renaissance nerd like i am so i wasn't getting the reach i wasn't getting the message out there that we we can take control and fulfill our greatest potential so I mm. I was taking this positive intelligence course and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's not the Renaissance that changed me. It was the mm. fact that there were positive triggers in the Renaissance that changed me. Every time I saw mm. David, I thought about how it's in overcoming challenges that we get to be our most successful and innovative. And, mm. um, so David became a trigger for being innovative and perseverance. And that's how we get to be successful is to take on challenges. Um, and that's, mm. yes, the Renaissance, that's a powerful Renaissance message. But what's powerful for me, what actually made the transformation for me was the trigger. That mm. when I look for the Renaissance, that concept is embodied in David. When I see him, I think that. And so I put him Mm. nearby and I see him and I get to think that often. Um, Wow. And so that's how I realized that it's transformation.
0: Yeah, this transformation is amazing. Like when we talk about transformations and when you talk about coaching others, and then you realize that you weren't following your lessons and you applied those coachings to yourself, as well as this travel to Italy, the Renaissance. Has positively triggered you into rebirthing yourself into this new person. Yeah. How difficult was it to let go of the past and reinvent yourself authentically? How did you do that? How did you found yourself to do in the courage to do that?
1: Yeah, it you know, you said courage and it reminds me of that um, the serenity prayer they use in addiction. And give me the serenity yeah. to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to yes. change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference.
0: Oh, the difference. And
1: yeah. It really was um, allowing myself to accept the fact that the dreams and potential I had for myself at that time were not based on my authentic self. They were not based on me at all they were completely contingent on someone else mm. and they honestly weren't going to come true they 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 were uh delusional <laughs> those dreams wow. those that potential was never going to be fulfilled and um it was accepting that mourning that and mm. creating new dreams that were within my control I can become who I want to be. I can live the kind of life I want to live. And in doing so, you know, I want to make a positive impact. I want to help people. But how can I bring my best to helping people if I'm not at my best? I won't have the energy, the focus, mental, emotional, physical energy to do that if I don't Mm. focus on myself. And it was that. Wow that transformational thought that was the catapult forward into this change.
0: I love that. I love that. I love how you said that it's accepting the fact that you're not going to have the life that's not in your control, moaning that life that never happened, and then creating a life using the serenity prayer as to how you want to live your life and how you see yourself. That's amazing. So when we coach, I mean, like when I say when we coach in general, like when we tell others like what to do and what not to do and things like that, we usually uh, say it from the place of third person. But when we apply the coaching to ourselves, it's the most difficult thing to do. That's, <laughs> I think that's one of the things you did before and after you felt yeah. like you were transforming. So how did it help in your coaching career once you started transforming yourself? How did it help in the way you coached others?
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. I, um, so one of the biggest transformations was learning to coach myself. Um, and I think that's been the most powerful tool I've been able to share is that we can coach ourselves. Um, mm. I remember early on the first few years in my coaching career, uh, My clients and and myself, to be honest, we would be frustrated because we'd have these amazing coaching sessions, we'd come up with strategies, we'd come up with plans, and then nothing would happen between coaching sessions. Mm. I would experience that as a coachee, as a a mentee. I would meet with a coach, meet with a mentor, even sit down and have a planning session with myself, and nothing would happen until that next planning session or until that next coaching session. So it was that learning to coach myself and developing that inner coach voice that was the big transformation. And that's one of the things I really focus on in, in coaching is helping people develop that inner coach voice. And that's really what positively triggered is, is it's those positive triggers are um your inner coach, your inner coach realigning mm. yeah.
0: Wow. That's really deep. When people ask me, who do I write for when I write on LinkedIn? The first thing I would tell everybody is that I'm writing for myself. I'm writing for the younger self who wished somebody like me existed to tell that, you know, it's going to be okay. So, looking back, that you've done a rebirth in the last eight years now, since yeah. 2016. So, what would you tell to the version of yourself before 2016? Mm-hmm. And now that you know everything,
1: <laughs> well, I don't know everything. Um, but I do see in the book I'm writing the book I wish I had ten years ago, um or the book I had twenty years ago, and um I think the probably one of the most powerful lessons I wish I would have told myself before is that having a servant's heart um doesn't mean you put everybody first at all times, everybody else first at all times that being mm-hmm. a servant, having that servant's heart and wanting to make a difference in the world starts with making a difference in yourself. And mm. as you become a better person, the impact you make becomes better. Um, wow, That's, that's I love what that. I wish I would have told her instead of sacrificing all of that. my wants, all of my opinions, all of my needs for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, what that ended up doing was having me in constant survival mode and mm. serving at, at my bare minimum. Because that's all yeah. I had to get. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Only the lit candle can light other candles. So
1: yes.
0: I really love the metaphor you had. So to be able to also put yourself first in times and to seek your needs first before you seek others needs and, to be helpful to others when you're helpful to yourself. I love all of that. Wow, that's a deep learning. This, this podcast has become so deeper than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what does outrageously mean means to you?
1: It means, and I love that phrase. Thank you so much for bringing that phrase into the world. I love it. And for me, it means um, boldness just letting the biggest, boldest parts of your personality shine through. And, you know, for me, being able to say, I'm such a Renaissance nerd, I can give a speech on yes. any one of these Stay books. It <laughs> 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 I'm okay with that. You know, I, um, I also think it's like stepping into the identity of who you want to be. I, you know, I coach um, a big part of what I do is I coach at an IT boot camp. So, four days a week, they're learning IT, and one day a week, they're with me. And um, wow. I remember coaching somebody one on one, and I said, Okay, tell me about yourself. And she says, Well, I'm a, an aspiring Java developer. And I know as a coach, you're not supposed to interrupt, but sometimes you just got to. And I said, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're an aspiring Java developer tell me about your Java experience. And she goes on to tell me about this program that she developed and how she was top of her class. And she's been spending the last 12 weeks, just really deep diving into Java. And I said, so sounds to me like you are a Java developer. And she just lit up like her confidence just skyrocketed and you could see it in her face. And that was such a powerful demonstration of stepping into your growth and embracing it. Um, and I think that's something I wish I would have told my younger self, too, <laughs> is that embrace your growth, embrace your your achievements, step into who you want to be.
0: Spoken like a true coach. And you've being- coaching for several years now tell me some of your success stories some things that you are really really proud that you' have done over the years in helping people just like this Java developer that you spoke about
1: um, well my coaching um, for the before I took on this this project at the IT bootcamp. I um, focus mostly on vocational rehabilitation counseling. So I am um, Mm -hmm. registered in the state of Oregon as a return to work certified vocational rehabilitation counselor. And um, I focused for a long time on um, uh, workers' compensation. So people who had been injured on the job so bad, they can't do that job anymore and they need a whole new career path. And I'd come in and I'd help them explore. We did something called vocational exploration, which is like window shopping for new careers. And it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. It was really digging into what makes them tick, what makes them excited and planning a new career path. And, um, you know, it's hard to pick one, but there were several, Oh, I know one that comes to mind. There was a, a gentleman who was a mechanic. He was a mechanic His whole life and, you know, 30 years mechanic experience and he lost his vision and thought that he'd have to give it up. He was really mourning being a mechanic anymore. And uh, through our vocational exploration, we found that he could um, be a a service writer. So he would meet with the clients and explain to them um, what they would do. He would actually step in and train some of the newer mechanics. He could um, we got him a speaking um, code reader. You know, you can plug this machine in your car and it reads the codes of what's wrong with your car. We got one that would read that out loud so he could plug it in and listen to it. And because of his experience, long story short, we found a way for him to still do what he loved, which was working with cars. And I remember him saying, like, he never thought he'd be able to be productive again to serve that purpose of helping people have cars. And to him, it was uh, his purpose. You know, transportation is so important. And he loved being a part of making sure people had that. And he got to do that again.
0: Wow. It touches me in so many different ways. When we usually speak about outrageously me and being authentically oneself, we often associate ourselves with the job we do and the way we do our job. And when that changes, it's a question about how we reinvent ourselves. And to me, um, you are the Melissa in the painting to this person um, and to several others as well, transforming what they are going through into new version of themselves. And I really see why you are drawn to this painting because you are her in, in many ways to many people. I love that story. It gives me so much inspiration and Your work, um, you know, although you say it as if you do it as a just another job, I can see how impactful that job is and how grateful that we are all for you to be born in this world and to be who you are, the Melissa in the painting uh, for many people. I I love what you've done and I love what you're doing right now. And also the way you coach is to self-coach. That, that's something I've not heard many coaches talk about. The coaches create a dependency with people, and but you're teaching us how to coach ourselves. And that's an angle mm-hmm. that you're coming in that's fresh, that's brilliant. I, I think there's so many things to celebrate about you. Have you realized how much impact you're making in other people's life? Uh, it's overwhelming and
1: it's beautiful. Since I published this book, um, I've received a few love letters is <laughs> really how I explain them. And um you know it it feels like I'm um fulfilling my purpose as an instrument. I you know I'm not Catholic, but I'm really drawn to the prayer of Saint Francis. And um mm-hmm. that prayer is make me an instrument of peace. Where there's hatred, let me so love. Where there's injury, let me sow pardon. Where there's doubt, let me sow faith. Where there's despair, let me sow hope. Just this transformation. And, you know, I, even though I'm not Catholic, I just, I I say that prayer often. And that's, I feel like my purpose is to be that instrument. Um, so I, it's hard for me to, to take any, uh, kudos for that because I feel like I'm just the tool. (laughs) I'm just the
0: instrument. Oh, I love you even more now. <laughs>
1: um,
0: is there anything in your younger years, uh, in the root of all roots, um, take us to the point where you realized that you wanted to become a coach? This I okay. should have asked in the first, but I really wanted to wait until we have cracked the code about you teaching yourself and your book and everything. But let, let us, let us uh, peek into your youngest version and what was the point where you decided you wanted to become a coach?
1: Yeah, so I had been a healthcare recruiter for about eight years and I, um, I remember the moment I was interviewing, um, no, I was negotiating a hire with a doctorate level physical therapist. And he said, oh, I I really need more money. I've got three kids in college. And I said, well, you know, to go back to the manager and ask for more money, I can't bring him. You need more money because you got three kids in college. I need to bring him the value that you're bringing is more than other candidates. And he's just like, Oh, and he told me that he had been trying to negotiate more money at his current job forever, and he'd been doing it the wrong way. <laughs> and that one yeah. little like helping him see it from a different perspective um, it just kind of opened his eyes. And then he came back with a strong answer that he's a doctorate candidate and he knows some of the other people on the team are not doctors, that he um, has experience building programs and building. Um, staff and that he would bring that benefit to the position. And I said, yes, that's what they need to hear to get, to get the more money that you deserve. Wow. And I remember thinking like that felt so good. <laughs> and I think that that's <laughs> the power of coaching is that kind of guided brainstorming, the, the helping you see things from a different perspective. And so I do think external coaching is very important. I have an external coach still. And so that that is crucial. But like I mentioned before, if you're not coaching yourself between those sessions, <laughs> you're not going to see the progress that you want. Yeah. But that that was the moment where I was like, how powerful is that to be able to help him see things from a different perspective? Um. And so oh, I changed careers. I went from being a recruiter to being um, I taught in career services and I got certified as a global career development facilitator and took a, a bunch of courses on career coaching um but having been a recruiter i relied heavily on having been on that other side and bringing that other perspective um yeah that was the yeah. moment. and this is
0: something that i really want to know you're a very inspira- inspiring person right so every time you are in this one of these coaching sessions or in the scenarios that you mentioned to me before it seems to me like you're helping people who are at the crossroads of what to do next um, so with that point, with the crossroads, there's usually a lot of uh, doubt, a lot of uh, self-unworthiness and a lot of negativity. How do you channel positivity and how do you positively trigger them? What, what, what yeah. keeps you, what helps you do that?
1: Well, I think this is a good time to kind of define positivity because I think that we... Are in danger of that toxic positivity? so I think true positivity, you have to embrace radical acceptance of the truth of the situation, of what even the negative things. So like to demonstrate mm. this, um, compassion is mm. generally a positive, beautiful feeling to have compassion for somebody it's It's a good thing to have, but compassion requires us to feel discomfort at the suffering of someone else. So wow, that's you, we cannot be compassionate, this positive attribute, if we aren't radically accepting the truth. Um, so that that's one thing I wanted to, to talk about, uh, just because I think that when you, and again, this is that being completely authentic, when you don't embrace and explore the full spectrum it's not Mm. real positivity it's just like delusion um so positivity is choosing the best path forward choosing the supportive optimistic way um but you have to know everything in order to choose the positive um wow so i think that that's a big part of the coaching is accepting like What is the whole situation and what are all of the different options and bringing that outside perspective to help them explore from different perspectives um, and reframing things uh, and helping to move towards that most supportive, most positive option.
0: Oh, my goodness. I love what you've just said. Um, It's an aha moment for myself as well. Like to be able to understand the current scenario and look at the spectrum of everything and accepting all of that, even the negative ones, is what actual positivity is. Yeah. Wow. That's de- really deep. That gave me new definition for positivity. It's, it's acceptance of negativity and knowing where we stand and building on top of that. Yeah. That's positivity. Wow. That's oh, wonderful. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I'm being coached right now and thank you so much. <laughs> um what, what what inspires you? What 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 are the things that inspires you besides the renaissance painting?
1: Um innovation, finding new exciting ways to do things, um being able to flex creative muscles. <laughs> Um, and connecting with people. That's the big one is feeling a, a true connection. Yeah. And, and true connection is based on authenticity. If you're connecting mm-hmm. on surface levels, that's a surface level connection. So only by bringing your whole authentic self, can you have those real connections?
0: Wow. You've given me gem after gem in this podcast. There's so much, uh, so many things to take away from this conversation. Not just for me, for all the audience who've been listening. Um, I have a couple of new questions to you that might help audience also to get into your mindset. What are the books you read?
1: <laughs> okay. So we
0: can read that as well.
1: So, um, let's see. One of my favorite books of all time, which probably it was a big, not probably, it was a big part of my transformation is by Michael Gelb. It's called How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. So and it really is all about, yes, it's very Renaissance, uh, but it is all about um, these different concepts. And it really marries um, my two passions of Renaissance and personal and professional development. Um, and, you know, that probably played a big part in my recognizing that when we marry something that we're passionate about with these concepts of how we want to live and who we want to be, that's where it goes from, you know, up here being cerebral, like, oh, I want to do this to coming Mm -hmm. into your heart and who you are, because the passion of the thing you're already excited and passionate about will lend itself to that concept and help you start to live it.
0: Oh, that's so yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful explanation. Um, so when people are on their journey of being authentically themselves and transforming themselves, ask the Melissa in the painting, what would you tell them?
1: I would tell them that. Um, a lot of people want to start with the shadow work and what's wrong with me. And mm. to do that work takes very strong self-compassion, self-acceptance. Um, and if you try to do that work without building self-compassion and self-acceptance, I think it could dig you down deeper into that darkness.
0: Wow. Yes. Yes.
1: So I do think it's important work. I think it's very important work, but I think it's more successful. Successful if we start first with this, the positive triggers, what do we love about ourselves? What do we love about our lives? What, you know, and leaning into that and building up our self-compassion or our self acceptance so that then we can look at the parts that we're not so excited about from that perspective of I love myself enough to look at these parts I want to make better. Um wow, but you have to build that self-love and acceptance first.
0: Wow, that's really, really interesting. And and there are two parts to the answer you gave me. One part is that we have to find ways to positively trigger ourselves and create those positive triggers for ourselves around and you know, truly enjoy the life that we are living instead of going into this, why me and what's wrong with me mode. And to be able to do that work, we also have to have strong self-compassion. I think the two-part answer really helped me understand to root ourselves in the reality, being compassionate about ourselves, but also getting positively triggered so we can elevate ourselves from where we are. I think that that two parts to the equation is quite um, refreshing to hear. Melissa, i had so much value in this podcast from you. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience as we close down for the podcast?
1: Um, Connect with me on LinkedIn. If you just Google (laughs) Melissa (laughs) Robinson Hussain, you can find me. Um, I love making connections. And um, I, like I said, the book is available in every format. If you've got Kindle Unlimited, then it's included in your, um, Subscription, and um, yeah. if you want to dig deeper into these concepts, I have a, a guided journal. It's not well. It's called I Am Positively Triggered. It's a trigger training journal, and what this is is it's mostly blank pages with my cute little umbrella girl. <laughs> but the first couple of pages talk about doesn't. what questions can you ask yourself to create a trigger and some ideas of different areas in our life to create triggers. Mm. Before we finish off,
0: I want to tell the audience, uh, the Umbrella Girl, we spoke about the Umbrella Girl in the last time uh, when we connected. Uh, She's dancing in the rain, supposedly dancing in the rain, right?
1: Yeah, she's one of my positive triggers. I struggled and struggled trying to figure out the cover for this book. I worked with some, some designers and just wasn't feeling it. And then uh, you can kind of see it right here. You can see the corner of it. This painting uh, was hanging in my bathroom and I went in there one day while I'm just mulling over in my mind, how am I gonna get this cover together? And I saw her and I'm like, oh, she's it, she's my cover. Um, So she's a a painting I bought at a art fair in Portland, Oregon, and uh, she's mixed media. And yeah, it's raining and she's choosing to play in the rain.
0: Uh I wish the artist knew that you are uh, you you know you're using this to inspire so many people in you know, a posthumously triggered way.
1: I've tried to find him. Um
0: It's one of the leader, divine connections, F-tier? right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So I'd love Fantastic. to. Find
0: Yeah, I'm going to order this book in Kindle right away after our call and uh, I got so much value out of this podcast and thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, you know, answering all these questions that are really, really deep. You scuba dived with me today. I have bought home something that's more valuable than I ever set out to get. Uh, Thank you so much for being authentically yourself and helping all of us to be authentically ourselves as well in the world. Um, Thank you so much for being here.
1: I love spending time with you. I hope we get more time together.